Well, good morning, everyone. It is so great to be here with you today. It was actually so great to actually be here the last couple weeks as we came back from our holidays and are now able to be with our church family. And I am just so excited about the opportunity that I have to share with you this series about how we can belong as we are heading from summer into fall. We're really actually in that transition time right now, and I'm really excited about what God is doing in our church. And and so the reason that we decided to do what we're doing right now in this format is because of what we uh, all have experienced over the last few years. Uh, We wanted to do different things, but we weren't able to do them in the formats, and there were dips and turns and twists and all that, and we've had many new people come and, uh, and, and be part of our church. And many of them have asked me many times, like, well, what do we have to do to, to get involved? What do we have to do to be a member? And so, um, and we've had some that are like, uh, th- that are asking these questions. And so today, besides actually the first part, which is coming and attending and being part of our gatherings and a part of our family, this would be considered kind of our next step. That next step that you do is to take this class, but we're going to do it actually as a sermon series, and I hopefully I'm going to make it fun and exciting. So those of you that are like, oh my goodness, is he going to just go through this stuff that we've all heard before? I think it's going to be a little bit better. There's some extra seasoning, some spice that you're going to get on this today, and it's going to be a really, really good thing. I want to declare something, though, that uh, the Lord spoke to me this to share before I dive into the series here today, is first of all, that God is speaking about release in my heart, that God wants to release things in this season. I believe that God is in the process of wanting to release dreams, more dreams, rekindle dreams, refresh some dreams, release new dreams. I feel that the Lord is speaking about releasing freedom, that God wants to release freedom into your life, freedom to serve him, the freedom to share your faith freely. God wants to release provision. Who could use some more provision? That God wants to release resources and those things. I just feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm gonna, I wanna give you those things. And here's this one that, that, that kind of caught me when the Holy Spirit said it. He wants to release and this is part of belonging, new friendships, friendships, people to be able to have deeper, more meaningful friendships. Hallelujah. Well, I want to tell you that today as we start our new series, Belong, that the subtitle of this is Growing and Thriving Through the Local Church. I believe this, that experiencing your best life, first of all, comes from belonging to Jesus. He's the foundation. But it's also growing together with other believers in Christian community. I believe that God starts with us in that vertical relationship, that it starts with him coming, uh, reaching down from heaven, making a way through Jesus that establishes us in relationship with him. But secondly, and just as importantly here is that we have that relationship with other people. We don't live our lives in a vacuum. We don't live our lives just in this uh, independence. In fact, people know this isolation is not a good thing. It produces all sorts of negative things in people's lives. It's one of the deepest forms of punishment that you can get if you're in prison. God's design for us is that we would relate to him through Jesus, but as well with each other. And so I believe that the local church community is important and is still important today. I want to start off by sharing this story that when I was a teenager, my very first official job 
was pumping gas at a local gas station. Now, I know I told you I, when I was a kid, I had a lawn mowing thing that I did. It was my side hustle. I made some good money. I was making 20, 25 bucks a week as a 10-year-old, 11-year-old. I mean, I was raking it in at that time. That was, that, I was a kingpin. I was a, a you know, I was ruler of my universe at that time. But then as I got older, I, I actually had a job where I had a boss and worked with other employees. And my first job was, was uh, at a, as pumping gas and being the cashier at a local gas station. And I worked for 20 hours a week making a whopping $2.85 an hour. Now, who here remembers your first job? Most of you do, and most of you probably could tell me what you made. And there's some here that are like, Pastor Todd, I made way less than that. That was two eighty-five. What you were, you, that was great, which was a little under $60 a week. Now, it maybe doesn't seem like much, but I know for myself that really what, what was great about this job is that I loved working there because of the people that I got to work with and the crazy things that we would do. Now, what could go wrong with teenagers and young adults running a gas station by themselves? that sold expensive kites, fishing licenses, and bait, and it had a one car wash in the back right next to a 7-Eleven. What could possibly go wrong? Did you know that it is actually possible to fly a kite in a small room if you have a powerful enough fan? <laughs> have you ever heard the sound that is revealed when you attach a running air compressor to a pull-up bell, that's the hose that lays on the ground that when cars dry over, it rings a bell. Did you know that that creates an incredibly amazing sound? And I'm not sure which is scarier, retrieving a pressure washer wand that has been turned loose with a jam trigger handle and trying to corral it, or facing a car full of angry girls because you told them that the, to go to the store across the street to purchase blinker fluid for their car. It was a great work environment where I had some fun and I, and I met new friends. In fact, one of the people I met was a guy who was the same age as me and loved basketball like I love basketball. To top it off, he was a Christian and his church played basketball at one of the local elementary schools every Friday night and he invited me to come with him to play. Everything seemed great until I showed up. That is, I showed up. When I arrived at the gym, I put on my shoes and I sat on the bench hoping that maybe at one point he might acknowledge me, that he might actually act like I was there. No, what he did is he acted like I never existed. Have you ever been invited to something, showed up and realized that after a few minutes you weren't really welcome there? <laughs> yeah, that's what was going on here. Well, after about 15 to 20 minutes, he finally came over to me sheepishly and said, you know, hey man, uh, his, he said his church basketball group was full and they really didn't need anybody else or want anybody else. What a bummer. He made it clear that not only did I not belong, but I was not welcome. Let's say we did not hang out much after that and I definitely did not want to be a part of his church. Most of us likely have a story like this or something that we've faced in our life. But here's the truth, is that inside of each of us, we desire to belong to something, to be part of things that are significant. 
It is why we join clubs and sports teams and, and we hang out with friends and family and even come to church. It's our hope that we will find belonging. We were designed for connection. Now with the rise of social media platforms and digital communities, you would think that belonging would be so much easier. We have so many more ways that we can connect to people, but the reality is that more and more people are feeling detect, disconnected and detached than ever before. And there's been an attack on community, actually, especially church community. We've seen it, we've felt it over the last few years. I, I believe it was part of uh, the enemy's agenda to use COVID to keep us from gathering. Why? Because that impact was that it would minimize the importance of belonging and gathering where people go, well, you know, we really don't need this or we don't need that. But what we're discovering is that we actually need it now more than ever. Now, I've got to be honest here, and this is way before COVID, that many people have got to the place where they really don't see the importance of belonging to a church. Does not seem as relevant as it once was. Outdated institution. There's a trend towards people attending less often and, and serving even less. Why? Because there's a thought that church somehow maybe really isn't that necessary. And I have to be honest, I understand the challenges and even the dysfunction that plagues the church. It is a work in progress. But I believe when it comes to church community that God has a different opinion. In fact, I want to say this about God. God loves the church. <laughs> In fact, it is his favorite, if you can believe it, community on the planet. Even though the church is not perfect and it has not been perfected, the church community is God's idea for maturing his people and reaching out to the communities and impacting the communities around us. Here's what Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. In Ephesians 2, 19, verses 19 to 22, he says this, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Whew. I believe people need community now more than ever. And I believe that people need the church community now more than ever. You see, being built together to become a dwelling place for God and to live by his spirit, that is a powerful thought if you really meditate on it for a little bit. See, we have to understand that the Bible was written to encourage individuals to grow together in community. In fact, most of the New Testament was addressed to people who were attending local churches. That's why we have Ephesians, Philippians, Corinthians, Galatians. Those were all local church. And so when God was putting together in his plan, he was like addressing people through the idea of them being in community in the church. In the Old Testament, Jewish law emphasized how individual choices impacted the greater community. As you grew in your relationship with God, you were moved to greater service within the Jewish community. God approached you not as an 
arbitrary individual, but as a member whose life was important to everyone else around them. So here's what my case today is for being a part of a local church community. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, it said this, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Why is being a part of a local church important? Here's number one. You bring value to the church community, to other people around you. Every person in this room has something that other people need for their growth and development, for their health, for their maturity. See, each one of us brings value to other people's lives. There is no one person here that has the full measure of what humanity has to offer when it comes to knowledge or wisdom or understanding or your gifts or your personality. Some of you are talented in the areas of art. Others of us, like me, are not. Some of us have great ability to sing. Others of us, like me, do not. You see, we need the different things that we have, and when we, we come together, there's value that is, that is released into areas and things that other people do not have. And when I, I want to say this. When you're not here, something important is missing. When I was in college, I played slow-pitch softball in a men's league for a couple of years. Now, I know a lot of people say, well, that's baseball as a baseball coach and somebody has coached high-level baseball. Softball's great, but it's not really full-out baseball. It's its own thing. But I played in it. I enjoyed it. It was fun. And, and after our second year, we qualified for the state tournament. Now, I, I believe on the first day, we won our first game and lost our second, which put us in uh, gave us this opportunity that on the last day of the tournament, our first game was to be at 8 a.m. in the morning. You know, who here is, you've had kids that are in sports at one point in your life, you've done things. Who here thinks that 8 a.m. games on the weekend should be eliminated? I mean, that, that's just like, that's not right. But we had an 8 a.m. game, and, and as we were coming together, we realized that we were short one player. One of the people that was supposed to be there wasn't there. And according to the rules, we had 10 minutes for another player to arrive or we would have to forfeit our game. If you can believe this, 30 seconds after the umpire canceled our game, the player showed up in the parking lot. Oh yeah, we were real happy to see him then. You see, it didn't matter that he was there now. Because of his absence, we were not able to play. His absence did not only impact him, but the rest of the team. You see, our lives are meant to be interconnected. God designed us to walk in relationship and community with other people. And here's a thought that I had. I've often wondered how much we have missed from those who aren't here. When people aren't here, what are we missing? What isn't being brought into our lives, and yet, you know, I think it's okay. We get to talk about them because, why, they're not here right now, right? It's okay. No, that's not right. That's me being a little silly. The truth is, is that God actually has nudged me and, and challenged me and reminded me why it's important for me 
each and every time I come to our church gatherings or small groups, or I'm just hanging out with people, that I bring my best, especially when we gather together as this church. Why? Because you don't know who you will impact or how you will impact them because God's design and his desires when we come together that there will be life change and transformation that happens. Sometimes it's in the smallest things. Sometimes it's in bigger things. Here's the second reason why I believe in the local church. I help, it helps me to grow. And I put in, print, in, in brackets whether I like it or not. It helps me to grow. You see, one of the beautiful things about being committed to a church family is that you, just like your own family, don't get to necessarily choose everybody that's part of your family. Who here, when you were growing up, who had brothers and sisters, sometimes those brothers and sisters kind of maybe rubbed on you a little bit. They pushed you a little bit. They challenged you a little bit. Maybe you came from a family like I did where nobody was allowed to pick on your brothers or sister except for you. That was your job. That was your part of it. You see, within the church, one of the beautiful things about the church and especially the Eastside Church family is there are great, there's a great mixture of people who come from so many different places and backgrounds. Each one of us bring our own personalities, ideas and opinions strengths and weaknesses, and, and so much more. And see, when we trust God, we have to understand this. He doesn't always give us the people that we're like, yeah, those are the people that I always want to be with or I think about, but he always gives us what we need. The unchosen differences create great opportunity for us to grow. I call this the blessing of frictional fellowship. Proverbs says it this way in 20, Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Through relationships, your rough edges help to smooth my rough edges and vice versa. But church only works when we're willing to commit to each other in community. Church community allows me to grow my strengths, but it also covers my weaknesses. Here's the third thing. We can do more together than we can do alone. Who here realizes that there are some things that you just can't do by yourself? Some things that you can't not accomplish by yourself. I know my wife is glad that we're married. Why? Because, you know, it's not just because I'm a nice guy. It's because I can reach things in the top cupboard that she can't reach. You see, if she is by herself, she wouldn't be able to get there. You see, together we can do more. You see, when it comes to church family, there are certain things that we just won't be able to do on our own, but we, that we can't accomplish unless, or, or we can do it better when there's more people involved. Here's my last point. Some blessings are only possible through community. Who here knows this, that the best things in life are only the best thing when we're able to share them with others? Accomplishments. Graduation from high school or college, promotions at work, other life achievements, things that we work on. You know, the, the, we can get a sense of self-satisfaction when we accomplish them, but there's something special and powerful when we're able to celebrate them and be celebrated with other people. How about special moments? That first goal when you're a soccer player or a 
hockey player, a special dinner or a gorgeous sunset, a mountaintop experience or a scenic view. You see, those things are best when we can share them with somebody else or somebody else is with us in those experiences. Never the same when you're alone. No matter how much you describe it, it will never match the original experience. I believe this, that the most spectacular blessings from God are reserved for those who walk with others in community, especially church community. How do I know this? In Psalms 133, David makes this declaration. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together or live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head and ran down his beard and onto the borders of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. In the above verse, David writes that blessing, that there is a blessing that comes from people dwelling together in harmony, or the other word that is used is unity. When people come together and they say, you know what? It, it, it really doesn't matter what we uh, uh, experience in our life. We're here together. We come together and we say, you know what? No matter what I see in my views, I want to join together with other people. Why? Through Jesus Christ. You see, dwelling together is much more than casual friendship or association. Dwelling together means being involved in all aspects of life together. But what if we're not in harmonious relationship? Or we're not in genuine relationship at all? My question is, then would it be safe to assume that maybe we're not receiving the full measure of the intended blessing that God has for us? Without genuine committed relationship, I believe we will not experience the full measure that God desires to give us. And not only are we robbing ourselves of blessing, but we are robbing from each other. I don't know about you, but I want everything that God has for me. I want the full measure that God has for me and those who are connected with me. So where do we begin on this journey? You see, this is just my introduction to the message that I'm going to preach here now. <laughs> where do we begin, actually? The first part of this is going to be the conclusion of our message. I'm going to invite our piano player to come up. Where do we begin? We begin by loving God and loving people. We begin by committing to Jesus and building our lives with other, others, other lives together with the local church group. Over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how you can belong to our community, Eastside City Church. We'll share our history, our core values and beliefs, our leadership structure, and how you can become more involved. It's a four-step process that is simple but effective. And as we close today, I'm going to introduce the first and most important step to belonging in the Eastside community. The first step in belong journey is to follow Jesus. That Jesus is our connection to one another in our church family that our connection to each other comes through a relationship, first of all, with Jesus. He is the foundation stone, the pillar that joins 
us all together. You see, we can come from all different areas, but the one thing that we have in common is the fact that we agree that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no other man comes to the Father except through him. You see, true belonging starts when we know that we belong to God. And to know God is to have a relationship with the Son, Jesus Christ. You see, this relationship, though, is a gift that is given to us, not something we can earn. And how we receive that gift determines the level of freedom that we will experience through Jesus. Now, I share this part for some who are new today. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. We're going to share with you some great things here. But for others, I see that people actually struggle with some of these things. What is it that how we receive the gift that Jesus provides for us will experience the level of our relationship with him. You see, either we can try to do more on our own, try to earn our salvation, try to work out our own things by doing more and more, or we can receive what Jesus has already done on the cross when he died for us. You see, there's nothing more that you can do than receive it. You see, we can try to earn God's approval or we can receive God's love and just say, God loves me. I want to say this to you today. No matter who you are, God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. We can learn to obey Jesus and his word and his scriptures out of obligation or duty, or we can follow him because we have delight for what he's done for us. And we serve him with a joyful and cheerful heart. You see, real Christianity is not about religion. It's about having a relationship with Jesus. So how do we have a relationship with Jesus? For those who are here and are asking, first of all, realize that God has not been the first place in your life and ask him to forgive your sins. Secondly, believe that Jesus died to pay for your sins, that he rose from the dead and that he's alive today. I want to tell you that Jesus is not this uh, statue that sits in the dark place on our, in our house or on a mantle. He's not a cross that we wear around our necks. He's a living, breathing individual, a person, a being that loves us and cares about us and wants relationship with us. And then we need to accept God's free gift of salvation. What is that? It means we can have a relationship with him. And not only that, we get eternal life with him in heaven forever. And then lastly, we invite Jesus to be the leader of our lives. You see, Jesus doesn't want to just forgive us and remove all of the yucky things that we've done. He also wants to share with us, how do you keep from those yucky things coming back? You allow me to lead you and guide you and direct you. You see that? is how we come to know the Lord. So maybe today, if there's anybody that's here, that you're coming to this place, you're in a great uh, place. Today, we want to, I want to invite you to make a decision to make Jesus the center of your life, to embrace him. And how do we do that? We embrace him by asking him. So why don't we pray together right now? I want to allow for those that today that are here that don't have that relationship with Jesus, that we pray this prayer. We believe at Eastside City Church that we pray aloud, but never alone. Here's the prayer. If you just repeat this with me. Jesus, I confess that I've sinned. I ask you to forgive me, to free me. 
Help me to become like you. I thank you for your death, burial, and resurrection. And I receive your free gift of eternal life. If you prayed that prayer today, I want you to know that the Bible says that you're now a new creation in Christ Jesus. And not only that, you're now part of the family, the family of God. I want to encourage you to let people know. I want to encourage you to let somebody know here today. It could be one of our pastors or our leaders. We're going to have a moment as we, it's going to be a little chaotic after this service, but we will still find some space to talk with you here at the front to, where you can say, hey, I made that decision today. Would you pray with me? Would you encourage me? Or if you're online today, you can reach out to us at info at eastsidecitychurch.ca and somebody will connect with you to help you on this journey. For some as well, maybe you, you're already a Christian and you've been a Christian maybe for a few years or maybe for a long time. For some, the next step in following Jesus is water, to be water baptized. What is water baptism? Water baptism is the public declaration to the world that you're, un, that you're an unashamed believer in Jesus Christ. You see, water baptism is important for us. And I know that there are many that have been believers for a long time, but haven't maybe seen the importance or the value of taking this next step. Well, why is it important? Well, through water baptism, we follow the example that Jesus set. Jesus was baptized himself. He didn't need to be, but he was willing to do it to be what? Our example. And secondly, water baptism is a demonstration of a, of a changed and transformed life. It is actually the physical manifestation of what happened to you spiritually, that your old life, your old nature was buried in the waters of baptism and you come out a new person, a new creation in the Lord. But as we've already shared, it's a declaring your public commitment that you are a follower of Jesus and you're not afraid to let everybody know it, that you're here to say that God is here for you. And I want to say this to some of you who may have been like, I, I just don't see what the point of it is. I've watched people that after they've made this decision, they say, Pastor Todd, when I came out of the waters, there was a new freedom that I experienced in my life. Something that happened. It's a very spiritual thing that goes on. So if you've not been baptized, I want to encourage you to sign up at the What's Next desk as we'll be announcing an opportunity for water baptisms in the next week or so. Secondly, I want you to, to encourage you to prayerfully consider over the next few weeks about making a deeper commitment to Jesus, first of all, and to our church community. For some, I believe that God is challenging you to recommit yourself to the church family, to go from an attender to a full-fledged participator, one who's actively serving. You see, I believe this, we honor God when we love his church. I just want to pray as we close here. I believe that maybe some of you are here today and you are searching for belonging. It's part of your life. You've been involved with different groups of people. You've been a part of teams and, and, and you just say, I just haven't found this. There's something inside of me that's craving for more. I believe today God wants to help you feel like you belong. So Lord, I pray today, Lord, that you would bring each person into that place, that sense of understanding, God, that you have a family for them. And Lord, as they commit their lives, 
Father God, they're going to experience new joys and freedoms. Yeah, there will be challenges. Why? Because you're dealing with people and we're people and we're not perfect. But God, you perfect us through those relationships. And so, Lord, I pray for those that need belonging, they would find it today. I also want to pray today, God, for those who have been hurt in their church experiences, God, that you would touch them and heal them. I know for many that they've been in places that have been challenging and difficult for them. Things didn't go the way that they thought that they would. And Lord, I pray today that you'd reach down from heaven and touch them. Because God, you are the great God and the great King. But Lord, I pray for all of us. Lord, that you would give us a deeper commitment to one another. Lord, that you would show us how to reach out to one another and to connect with each other. Lord, when we're asking you, God, that you would release those greater blessings over our lives and over our families and over our community. Lord, that we would see the full measure of your blessing. Lord, as we grow in belonging together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you today.